Um, like Becky said, so my name is Aaron, so I'm one of the pastors here, so thanks so much for coming today. So if you haven't noticed, uh, we have this big tank of water here, uh, so yeah, we're going to be doing, um, Nick Chase is going to get baptized today. So yeah, so a few years ago, um, I bought this tank of water, uh, this uh, baptism tank at Farm and Fleet, and they asked me if I was farm exempt, and I said, no, this is not farm exempt, this is not for a farm, this is for something much different than that, so anyway, but um yeah, so thanks for coming this morning. So um, again, uh, we canceled uh, Kids Church uh, just as a one-time thing, just because we want uh, everybody to be here just for just to celebrate this, since it's a special time, just to, um, just to um, celebrate with Nick and the new life that God has given him like through faith in Christ. So um, yeah, like Becky said, so I'm going to be giving like a short sermon, then Nick is going to be um, sharing his testimony up here. Um, Nick and I met at Chipotle or wherever it was, at Pita Pit, to just talk about like um, what he was going to be talking about today. Um, I didn't give him any advice on it, on what he was going to say, because it was great. <laughs> so I'm really, that'll be the highlight of the morning here. So uh, then after that, uh, then we're going to, um, Nick is going to get baptized, and then um, he'll be prayed for, and then we're going to take uh, communion together after that. So, so spoiler alert, like everything this morning is going to be about Jesus. So, so that big mural, that big mural up in the lobby up there, um, it says it's all about Jesus. Uh, that is not some random, vaguely aspirational, spiritual saying that we try to have here at River City. Like that's something that we really try to strive to put in practice and to really make everything about Jesus here at River City. So, everything this morning is going to be about Jesus as well, just like we always try to. So this morning, uh, the sermon that I'm going to be preaching, this is going to be all about Jesus. And the testimony and baptism, it's going to be all about Jesus. And the musical worship, that's going to be all about Jesus. And the communion that we'll be taking, that's going to be about Jesus too. So the person of who Jesus is and what he's done for us on our behalf, um, that's what we strive to be all about here. So, so with that in mind, um, and uh, because we're going to be having baptiz- baptisms um, this morning, um, so this sermon is actually going to be about baptism. And more specifically, it's gonna be, um, we're going to be seeing from Scripture about how baptism is all about Jesus. How baptism is all about Jesus. So, hey, let's pray. So God, um, we're really thankful um, just how you grant us new life through faith in Christ and how that is symbolized um, through baptism and how that's an outward expression of being inwardly changed. And we're just really thankful for you for that. So um, we're thankful that you give us that as, um, to the church as something that we can celebrate together, about, like how you give people new life. Um, yeah. So I pray you'll just speak through me, just like what Becky was just talking to you about. And I pray that you'll just really, um, your spirit will just really unify us around like um, your saving work and just really rejoicing in you. Like we can't rejoice in you without your empowerment. So you get the credit for that as well. And we love you. Amen. All right, so for this brief sermon, so I'm going to be camping out eventually in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, which will eventually be up on the screen. So, But just a little background on Romans, since we're just parachuting into this book right here. So Paul is writing this letter to a group of Christians in a local church in the city of Corinth in the first century. So so before we uh, jump into chapter 6, again, just want to just give you a brief overview of the first five chapters here. So Um, Up to this point in the letter, Paul has been writing to the Romans about what is true about us, what is true about God, what is true about uh, the person of Jesus, and what's true about what Jesus has done for us. So that's really like what's been going on the first five chapters. So Paul says that God is our creator, 
And he is infinitely holy. And because he's infinitely holy, we are infinitely accountable to him. But in our life and our heart, we've gone our way and not God's way, which is ultimately rebellion against God himself, which is, also, which is very much as tragic and as horrible and terrible as it sounds. And as a result, we've been separated from God both now and for all of eternity. And forever is a long time, but the punish, like, that's our punishment because we've sinned against an infinite God. This isn't just like sinning against my cat or some kind of pet or my spouse or whatever. It's like we've sinned against an infinite God and therefore our punishment is infinite. That's like what we deserve. But the badness of the bad news only serves to exponentially highlight the goodness of the good news. And the good news is explained in Romans 5, 6, which is going to be up on the screen here. Paul says, you see, at just the right time, and God always shows up at the time that he deems right. While we were, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. That's us. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. That is true. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. That is also true. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So God's love is not a mere sentimental feeling sort of love. God loved us while we were still sinners, and he puts that love into action. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He was not obligated to die for us, but he purposefully chose us and pursued us and rescued us. And he did that as a demonstration of his love for us. And Romans 5.1 just puts a, just a great bow on it when Paul says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we used to not have peace with the infinitely holy God of the universe, but now we do because we've put our faith in Jesus. That's how we have peace with God. We have faith through faith in Jesus. We don't have peace with God through cleaning ourselves up. We have peace with God through our faith, having faith in Jesus. We don't have peace with God through rigidly obeying the rules and living up to our own standards. We have peace with God through faith in Jesus. We don't have peace with God through participating in good stuff like baptism and communion like we're going to be doing this morning here. We have peace with God through faith in Jesus. And we don't have peace with God through having the good in our lives like outweigh the bad. Like, no, we have peace with God through faith in Jesus. And we don't have peace with God through zealously committing ourselves to religious activities, which can be good for sure, but we have peace with God through faith in Jesus. Like, that's the gospel. The bad news is way worse than you think because the rebelliousness and sinfulness of our heart is so bad that Jesus had to die. But you are so loved that Jesus was happy to die for you. And stacked on top of that, like, we're not only forgiven, we're also adopted into his family. Like, you weren't born into God's family. Like, you were adopted into it. So imagine God is a judge, and you are on trial for the sinful rebellion of your heart against him. 
But because you have put your faith in Jesus, he swings down the gavel and you are declared not guilty on account of what Jesus has done for you. And being declared, and if, if being declared not guilty by the king of the universe was all there was, that would be great news. But it gets even better from that, from there. So after declaring you not guilty, God then breaks out the adoption papers, like slams them down in front of you, just signs them, and happily adopts you into his family. The king of the universe, who you have sinfully rebelled against, not only declares you not guilty through faith in Christ, but he happily adopts you into his family. Like, you aren't a forgiven orphan. You are, forgi- you are a forgiven son or daughter. Like, that's good news. And that's the kind of good news that not only changes your status and your standing before the king of the universe, that actually changes your, the whole trajectory of your entire life. So with that in mind, let's just pick it up in Romans chapter 6, verse 1, which will be up in the, on the screen. Paul says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. And Paul goes on to explain why. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? So your status and your standing before an infinitely holy God um, has radically and permanently changed from sinful rebel to beloved member of his family. And Paul rightly sums up that radical change by saying, we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Like, you have moved from death to life. You're a different person now. Like, why would you go back? Becoming a forgiven, adopted member of his family results in a different direction in someone's life that's just radical and noticeable. That's why just in just a few minutes, like, here, like, Nick is going to be up here talking about, like, what that's looked like for him, you know? Then Paul doubles down to make his point in verse 3. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Now, don't be confused about what, we're not going to do the deep dive here, but like, don't be confused about what's going on in these verses here, because here's the pattern that we need to notice for what's going on this morning. So verses three and four seem to indicate that there's a connection between the death and burial and resurrection and you getting baptized. Because when someone gets baptized, like we're going to see this morning, there are two stories simultaneously being told in a live action drama kind of way. There's your story and there's the story of Jesus. This, the, the reason why we do baptism by immersion, immersion just is a fancy word for actually like going down, okay? Getting fully wet and under the water, okay? So the reason why we do baptism by immersion is because according to this passage, when you go down into the water, that's intended to tell a story about you being dead in your sin and going into the grave just like what Jesus did. We were dead and buried in our sin, just like Jesus was dead and buried in our sin when he died and took the punishment for our sin that we deserved. Going down into the water is intended to symbolize that. 
Like the reason why we do baptism by immersion like isn't because like, wow, this is super convenient to get a huge tank of water here. <laughs> it's not, okay? <laughs> you know, it's like, but Romans 6 points to, points to the beautiful symbolism of going down into the water symbolizing the death and burial of Jesus and the death and burial of our old life without Jesus. And when we come up out of the water, that's intended to tell a story about um, and symbolize us coming to life in new spiritual life, just like when Jesus was raised from, from the dead in new life. So just as Jesus came up out of the grave and was resurrected, so are we just resurrected through faith in Christ in new life. You know, so like dead in our sins, raised in new life, just like Jesus. So, so baptism, rightly understood, is meant to tell a story of your story, and it's meant to tell the story about Jesus and how you've been raised from the dead in new life and how you're ident- you've identified yourself with him. Like, I'm with that guy, and I'm going to be following him. So in that way, baptism is kind of like a, a way to go public with your faith in Christ. You know, so yeah, it's just you publicly saying like, this is who I'm following. This is the direction of my life. And that's important because your relationship with God is meant to be personal, but it's, but it's never meant to be private. It's always meant to be personal, but it's never meant to be private. So that's why baptism isn't some kind of religious go through the motions, religious ritual kind of thing. So so with that being said, I'm going to invite Nick on, on up, and then uh, he's bravely chosen to go public with his faith in Jesus today. And uh, so in that spirit, um, yeah, he's going to be coming up here, just uh, sharing for a few minutes, and then uh, I'll be baptizing him, and then we're going to be praying for him afterwards. So Nick, why don't you come on up? Applause for Nick. Good morning, everybody. Um, so yeah, for those of you that don't know me, uh, my name's Nick. Um, I'm a controls engineer at John Deere here in town, um, and I'm a part of the Birchart small group. So, um, Yeah, so I've been at Dubuquer uh, for five months now, and I came to River City the first Sunday I was in town. Uh, so I've been an active attendee for five months. Um, and likewise, I've been a Christian for several months, and my journey has kind of coincided with my time here. So that's kind of what I want to talk about today. Um, so yeah, starting like with how my life looked before Christ, um, I found like I was finding comfort and trying to fulfill my life through these like ultimately finite and empty outlets, um, like that being academic success, professional success, um, how like I viewed myself socially and the value I placed on relationships. Um, and these things are all like parts of life and they're not bad like alone, but in my case, it was representative of a deeper issue, um, and that was ultimately putting myself number one, and um, you know, kind of putting myself on a pedestal. So, not having that higher purpose in my life, um, you know, was ultimately damaging. I thought, like, that led to stress, anxiety, um, especially in college, like when you're dealing with um, a pivotal life change, like just graduating and trying to figure out like what's next. Like it was kind of overwhelming. Um, but I'm really grateful to have had those emotions because it helped me turn, turn towards God um, and surrendering my life to him. So kind of going into my conversion a little more, um, 
I was really grateful to have God open my heart to those close to me. Um, and it really like started with talking about um, some of the emotions I was going through um, and just like turned to good entry level points in the Bible. Um, I just like remember feeling great peace and like uh, as I was reading scripture, just not necessarily knowing like the why, but like it was there. Um, and that definitely helped me. Um, and I felt that's when God really guided me to Dubuque, kind of along this time, and to River City, um, which I'm really grateful for. Um, and then to kind of answer that why, like seeing, seeing the gospel lived out here um, each Sunday and in small group uh, has been really powerful to kind of answer that, you know, as well as my personal relationship and conversation with God. Um, so yeah, that's like when I fully surrendered to Jesus, like a little bit after kind of me moving here and getting really involved with the church. Um, so now after this conversion, just like fully defining myself uh, through Jesus, um, it kind of washed away these old idols and anxieties that I talked about. Um, not that they're completely gone, but um, they're just more minimal and in the rear view mirror now. Um, can kind of like summarize those into like two categories, just a fear of failure and like academically and professionally, I'm always extra hard on myself there. Um, and then the, uh, approval idol, uh, it's not easy for me to come and talk in front of a room full of people. So um, I've been working through that, but I'm able to now like focus more of my time on trying to live more like Jesus, which is just a really wonderful thing. Um, and I'm also like no longer constantly worried about the next day or next moment as like an intense planner. Um, I just, I feel a lot lighter now and less heavy. So um, yeah, it's really been a wonderful journey. So these, these anxieties and stresses that at times seemed insurmountable um, and just really like really heavy, Jesus ultimately freed me. Um, and Growing the gospel now is so important to me, and that's my focus um, now. And centering, centering my life around faith, like it just—that's how I get fulfillment now, and it's it's really wonderful. So, um, yeah, I'm getting baptized today to thank God and Jesus for saving me um, and showing my commitment to being a proud Christian um, and and growing in that way. And so I'm eternally grateful for the gospel and everything that it's given me um, and its impact on my life. So thanks. All right, so Nick, we're so thankful that um, you're part of our community, but we're most thankful that like, you belong to Jesus through faith in him. And we're so thankful to see you grow. And yeah, we're just, yeah, we're just so thankful that God has saved you and is redeeming you like, more and more. So yeah. So I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm Mandy. This is Steph. Uh, we're small group leaders here, and uh, we've been we've had the pleasure of uh, having Nick in our small group since about the time when you moved here. So uh, we just want to pray for you quick, and um, this is just a really happy day for us as it is for you. So. Um, yeah. Uh, oh man, that water's warm. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Jesus, thank you. Uh, 
Yeah, thank you that you have intervened in, in Nick's life, that you've made him uh, your own, that you've adopted him into your family. Um, thank you for the blessing that uh, that he is to our community. Thank you for the blessing he is to our small group and to our family and um, for the friend that he is. But um, yeah, we're just excited to, to partner with you as a community, as a small group. Um, yeah. Um, in what you're doing in his life, um, and we're excited for him to partner uh, with you in what you're doing here in Dubuque um, and in the lives of, uh, of those people who are around him. So, uh, yeah, we love you, Jesus, and uh, we're, we're just we're so thankful that you are good um, and that you loved us enough to, to die for us um, and to adopt us. Yeah. Amen. All right. Hey, well, that's, that's been really encouraging because, um, yeah, because, like, we're we are thankful that like um, that we ultimately don't have anything to do with like uh, people being saved. Like God's the ultimately ultimately the one that gets credit for that. Like so, River City doesn't. Like we don't. Like ultimately, God gets the credit and the glory for that. So, yeah, um, yeah. So just like baptism symbolizes the gospel, communion is meant to symbolize the gospel as well. So, and it's intended to help us remember the person and the work of Jesus. So, I hope you saw today that baptism is meant to be all about Jesus and communion is meant to be all about Jesus as well. So, the bread that symbolizes his body, like the, the juice symbolizes his blood, and those things were broken and shed for you. It's like he took the initiative towards us, he pursued us, he took the hit for us. Like, man, we find our identity in him. It's like that's why we respond to, we respond to him in faith. So, and when we take communion together, we remember him. So just like in 1 Corinthians 12, said, like Paul quotes Jesus as saying, when you take communion, do this in remembrance of me. That's why when we take communion here on a weekly basis here at River City, we do this in remembrance of Jesus. So if Jesus is your forgiver and if he's your leader, we invite you to go take communion like during the, during the three worship songs that are going to be coming up here.